Welcome to Healthline 3, everyone. I'm Johnette Magner. Today we are talking to Marshall Craig. He is a hearing instrument specialist with Paget Hearing Aid Center, and we are going to be taking your calls throughout the 30-minute show, and we certainly want you to call in with your questions. But we'd like to remind you as well to make sure that you are in a quiet room with your TV turned all the way down before making the call. And that number, you're going to see it repeatedly on the screen, but it is 318-219-4569. And you're like I said, you're going to see it at the bottom of the screen throughout your show, the show, uh, and we sure do hope that you will give us a call. Joining me right now, of course, is Mr. Craig. Welcome. Hi, Johnette. Thanks for having me again. Excited All right. To be here. So let's start back at the beginning with uh, hearing loss. How common is it? So I, I don't think people think about it. Uh, as a pandemic or an issue or anything, you know, with the severity that it actually has. Uh, world population, you're looking at roughly 1.5 billion. So uh, out of 7.7 .7 billion, 1 1.5 have documented hearing loss. That would equate to roughly 30 million people in the United States that suffer with hearing loss. So, I mean, roughly that's 10%. That's, that's quite high. Absolutely, and I don't think people think about it that way. It's just, you know, but then the flip side, I think everybody knows somebody that, that maybe struggles with hearing uh, and understanding issues. So it's definitely uh, more common than you think. We don't do a good job of thinking about protecting our hearing. Well, often when we think of hearing loss, we think of, of seniors and that being a part of aging. But there are some causes of hearing loss and that uh, can affect you at a younger age. What, what are some of those most common causes? Sure, you're, you're spot on. I think the thought that it is a, an, an older issue, which that is, is very true. Presbycusis is the term for that, age-related hearing loss. Uh, as far as noise exposure, uh, noise is everywhere. The, noise, the world's a noisy place when we have our AirPods, uh, earbuds in, headphones, things like that, and we're listening to them at loud volumes. Uh, construction work, being around something as simple as a, a lawnmower or a leaf blower, all these things have negative impact on your hearing, and then if there's continued exposure, it, it just uh, exacerbates that problem even further. There was a study published in January in the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, and they found that 8% of dementia cases were the result of hearing loss. How are those two things related? So I guess it, it, quite simply, hearing health is brain health. Um, there was a, a really big study uh, that came out maybe a decade ago by Johns Hopkins that started to link hearing loss, dementia, Alzheimer's, things like that. So the, it's more about your brain not getting the information. It's in stress mode. It's in overdrive all the time. And that's what leads to the, the cognitive decline uh, that we're seeing now. But the beauty of this is it doesn't have to happen. So hearing hearing loss uh, what, what the study I believe also found is, you know, if you get a hearing aid and you can hear just fine, then that is the, you know, the, the, the cure or the preventive uh, measure for dementia. Is that, is, is that correct? 
So it, it definitely can't hurt. Like as I mentioned, if there's documented loss, hearing loss does not improve. Hearing loss only gets worse as we age. And so the longer you go without that stimulus, without your brain getting that information, it's going to expedite that decline over time. Absolutely, hearing aids uh, are the, the correction there. We can't reverse it, but we can correct what's there. We can make things better. Uh, it's not perfect, but uh, we know that we can make improvements to what the situation we have at hand. Uh, everybody's their own little puzzle, so, so figuring out their solution uh, is part of uh, the challenge, but it's also part of the joy in the end, being able to give them back something they don't have. So definitely hearing aids can, can make uh, a big difference for those patients. Yeah, you know, we often think of hearing aids as just enabling us to hear. It's, and I don't know that, that most of us have realized that it's also a way of perhaps preventing uh, dementia that could occur with um, prolonged hearing loss. Tell us more about the signs of hearing loss. Aside from the obvious, okay, I'm struggling to hear things that um, people are saying. Uh, what are some other signs? I think it's important to think about the difference. There is a big difference in hearing and understanding. Um, we test in different frequencies, we hear in different frequencies, different intensities. So I think the biggest thing that people notice early on is, is either hearing, if we don't have volume, we don't have that, but, but clarity more than anything, clarity and understanding and being able to distinguish uh, different words and different phrases that sound very, very similar to something else so that it, it is clear and it is clean. Uh, understanding is a big part of it and that's where we're able to do so much more efficiently now with hearing aids being that they are digital that we're utilizing artificial intelligence so it's not just making things louder it's really about clarity and understanding being able to improve that and build on what's already there uh, with the the word recognition uh, function and scores that we get in our battery of testing you and I have talked about this before, how there are so many things I watch on television and the, the musical Hamilton was by far the worst in terms of saying, stop, I don't, I, I'm not picking up anything that they're saying. I, I need subtitles at the bottom of the screen. Is that, is that common and is that indicative of anything? So, yes, I, I think with television, man, it is tough. Television and movies, uh, are all about the drama. They're all about the theater, what's going on, the dialogue gets lost, and there's really no common ground. There's no regulation or ground rules for what these productions need to be. That is strictly at the uh, discretion of the producer or sound mixer, editor, director, whoever it may be. They make it sound the way they want to. Uh, and, and a lot of times it doesn't translate well, uh, even if you have the best TV and you know sound system in the world, the baseline of how that was produced and made is gonna dictate how it's perceived. And unfortunately that happens uh, way more. And uh, we see it you know, on every channel, every channel, every TV, you know, you're gonna have this difficulty, but clarity uh, is a big part of it. Um, yeah. Do you find often that family members are the ones who first notice hearing loss problems rather than the individual noticing it him or herself? Yes, absolutely. Most definitely. Um, hearing loss, as I mentioned earlier, the term presbycusis, 
So, so things that come with aging, uh, ears is uh, the decline is is part of that. Eyes, ears, bones, everything. They only uh, decline as we get older. So it's most of the time it's not just this. We wake up one morning and and my hearing is gone. It's a gradual decline, and so that happens over time. And because of that, you don't notice it. It's not like something we just wake up with in the morning. So the friend, the friends and family members, the loved ones are definitely noticing it. The volume of the TV, the saying the what's, the huh's, asking to repeat. Uh, often they're they're definitely the ones that that notice it and are pushing for it uh, in the beginning. You know, I sometimes hear people say they have a parent or grandparent who needs a hearing aid, but the individual is fighting it and doesn't want to go get their hearing tested and doesn't want to get one. Why are people uh, so reluctant to do so? I mean, we're, we're, I think we're much more open to glasses and contacts as a, a reality of something we need to see. Uh, why, why is there sometimes reluctance when it comes to hearing aids? Uh, I, I think everybody's got a, an idea of what a hearing aid is, right? My, my mother had one, my grandparents had one, my uncle, whatever the case may be, there is something there and it's typically decades old. You know, it could be 10, 20, 30 years ago, we had this thing and the, the perception, it didn't work, it was big, it was bulky, it made noise and the person that was wearing it didn't get a lot of benefit from it. Uh, things have changed dramatically in the past 10 years and being able to separate speech and noise and filter things that, that weren't there, looking at specific bands and channels of the frequencies that we're testing in. So uh, hearing aids is not a fashion statement like glasses are for whatever reason. Uh, but what we can do with them when you actually have someone come in and like, they're thinking of that old big beige hearing aid behind someone's ear and we show them something new and, the, and they're smaller and they're more efficient. It's just not what it was anymore. But unfortunately, that's something that, that we fight pretty regularly. So the, uh, the newer hearing aids, you said they're a lot smaller. Can, are there some that really you, you can't see, especially if you just kind of cover it with your hair, that they're really not, not visible to most people? I think 100%, you know, when we think about communication, it's eye contact, it's reading lips, it's facial expressions, all that is information. People aren't looking at our ears per se when we communicate. So uh, I think you'd be really, really surprised. Uh, I have them on that I put on, on as demos. I'm not wearing them currently, but I'll put them on just to show a patient that is considering them. and. They don't know it's there until I point it out. So uh, whether it's short hair, no hair, long hair, uh, people aren't actively looking at your ears to communicate with you. So uh, there's a saying, they're gonna notice the hearing loss before they notice the hearing aids. And we find that to be very true. Oh, wow, I love that. Repeat that one more time. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So so people around you, your family, your friends, your loved ones, that's, that's what's most important. They're gonna notice, or anybody that you're around really, is gonna notice the hearing loss troubles before they notice you have a hearing aid in. Because if you have a hearing aid, there's no hiccup, there's no uh, you know, information being missed in the conversation. So they'll notice the loss before they notice the hearing aid visually in your ear. 
Well, and you know, I, I, the, the other thing that I would think is when you have to constantly repeat yourself to someone and that, that is not a, that, that interrupts the joy of the conversation. Uh, and so if you're talking about having meaningful, fulfilling interactions uh, and you're thinking about it in terms of other people, I would much rather have a person that I want to talk to have a hearing aid and be able to understand me than constantly repeating myself and, and you know, being louder than I'd want to be in a, a, a place. Is, is, am I right there? Sure, absolutely. You're spot on. It, it does, you know, hearing... Hearing health is brain health. All of that combined is we're looking to enhance a quality of life or give you back a quality of life. When when you do struggle with hearing and understanding, uh, it makes those di those situations difficult. You, it takes the joy. Great great uh, way to phrase that. There, it takes the joy out of the situation or the environment that you're in. Thus, that person does not want to be there. They don't want to participate. The withdrawal starts happening. Uh, and then we, we kind of, you know, unfortunately you see this, this seclusion of themselves away from the environment, not wanting to go uh, out to eat. There's something as simple as that, going to church. You know, those things uh, are important. That is our, our window to the world is social interaction. Uh, so it, that tends to be the, a big factor is withdrawing from those situations because we can't enjoy them. All right, it appears we have a caller right now. James, welcome to the show. What is your question for our hearing aid specialist? Hi, thanks for taking my call. I'm 67 years old. I'm having trouble picking out words in a, in a conversation when there are other noises, for instance, background noise, uh, background music on the, on the television, or a lot of people talking in a crowded room, so forth. But it's not a volume issue. I can hear the voice, but I the words are garbled sounding. So I was wondering what my options could be. Well, I think it's definitely, thanks for the, the question, James. I think it's definitely something to, to look into and in having a full uh, audiological battery run. Uh, that way we can really know what, how you're hearing per se, but also doing other speech tests and speech and noise tests and knowing how you respond there. Uh, obviously, a, a louder situation, a restaurant or, or any kind of fellowship situation uh, is going to create background noise. That's low frequency noise. Environmental background noise is all low frequency. So that that's a pretty common uh, situation where people notice that the the situation they're in or the environment they're in is louder and it drowns everything out. I know you're talking. I see you talking. But I'm not picking up what you're being, what's being said. So uh, I would definitely make a recommendation for a hearing test so that you really know what you are looking at. Why is it this way? How can it be corrected? And getting uh, the information to make a, an informed decision and look at correction to improve that that uh, environment that happens so often. All right. Do you have a follow-up question, James? Uh, no, that's very informative. Thanks for taking my call, and I appreciate the information. Uh, you know, James, I was thinking when you, you mentioned all of that, I, uh, I, you know, I don't like a loud restaurant either. I mean, I, I, there are uh, places that I go and I say I, I love the food, but it's just too, too noisy. I'm assuming that, that there are also 
those of us who hear more and in fact are distracted more by other sounds that other people just either don't hear or don't register. Is there is there anything to that? I think a, a lot of it comes down to comparing normal, right? So comparing a normal baseline uh, to hearing loss. And, and a lot of the situations or problems that pop up is, is associated with the lack of response in a particular frequency. So a lot of those situations come up when there is hearing loss, known or not known, uh, but once we know we can make the correction where it needs to be rather than just making everything louder, right? That's not always the case. Uh, but there's, there's difficult situations for people with normal hearing, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, you can get in a, in a restaurant where the ambient room noise is 80, 90, 100 decibels. That's you know in the in the range of sitting next to a lawnmower. That's pretty loud. So you can have those situations. So it's I, I think it's obviously more noticeable when there there is hearing loss, uh, whether they know it or not. Okay, it appears we have another caller, and I'm sorry I didn't hear the name. If you all can give it to me again, Rochelle. Okay, Rochelle, welcome to the show. What is your question? Oh, hi, yes. Uh, I hope this question isn't silly, but I want to know what is the difference between an amplifier and a hearing aid? I don't know the Very difference. Very good question. <laughs> yes. So so the, the difference is, is basically uh, being able to, so a hearing aid becomes digitally programmable. So we're taking the, the actual test results that we get from the audiogram and applying that in a digital format so that we can then program specifically for that. An amplifier just makes everything louder, amplifies the situation. We take the microphones, brings that sound in, and amplifies it and makes it louder. For a lot of people, that is not the case. Some it can work with fine, but if there's any variation from one frequency to the next, it needs to be approached specifically for that. Uh, so I, I don't know if that makes sense or that it's more about being able to pinpoint. So louder, louder is not always better. I'll say that. And that's what an amplifier does. And if an amplifier doesn't give you distinction and clarity, then it's probably, you know, we need to look at something that, that is more on the digital side so we can hit those frequencies uh, specifically. Is an amplifier something that you can just order yourself for yourself online? Is it the difference between just picking up the glasses on the little rotating thing and actually having glasses made specifically for you? Sure, that, that's a good analogy. I, I, I would go with that. You can usually get uh, some kind of amplifying product uh, at any of your, your local big box stores. But again, it's, you know, um, it's just making things louder, and that's not always the answer. With so many diseases and problems, one of the things that we're, we're constantly preaching is get in early. If you know, the sooner you catch the breast cancer, the better the odds of doing well. Is that rule, does it apply to hearing loss? Uh, absolutely, uh, that is uh, our recommendation anytime we have somebody in. Um, most people, unless they are in this or you know actively know they have lost something, they're wearing hearing aids. 
the last test they probably had was in you know middle school or, or grade school. Um, so if you if you had any kind of abnormal noise exposure, I would say other than a quiet environment sitting at a desk, that's probably going to lead to your family history is super important as it ties to to hearing loss and what you could see going forward. But uh, if you could do it annually, make this part of your your annual battery of testing, having a baseline, and that way you know we can obviously look at it, make referrals to it, uh, but an annual checkup would always be our recommendation. Are annual checkups often covered by insurance? Um, so with with our uh, clinic, we, we always are going to look at insurance. Uh, we do not typically charge for the, the evaluation itself. Uh, it's more creating that baseline, giving the, the patients that information. And then when there are, uh, when there is documented hearing loss and we need to look at hearing aids, uh, that would come into play afterwards. But as a rule, we do not typically charge for, for hearing uh, evaluations. All right, it appears we have a caller. James, what's your question for, for uh, Marshall Craig? I have tinnitus real bad. I was wondering if there's anything that they're doing to help us. So, great question, James. Uh, tinnitus or tinnitus, whichever way you want to say it, uh, is most likely tied to hearing loss. It's not a guarantee, but the majority of the patients we see that have tinnitus, whether it's ringing, buzzing, humming, locusts, crickets, most likely that is tied to hearing loss. Uh, the, the neat thing about correction with hearing aids is the correction tends to override that ringing or whatever form it takes. Uh, could be completely, could be subsided, uh, but a lot of times the correction with hearing aids will give you benefit from that ringing uh, so that it's not there uh, as intense or there all the time. Okay, do you have a follow-up question? Can I call your clinic and make an appointment? Absolutely, absolutely, sir. We'd be happy to to, uh, to take a look and, and see what we need to explore. It may just be something that is, is simple that it's not and it's there, uh, but uh, knowing I think is a big part of it. Having documentation of it so that we can tie that to the situation is a big step. So let's make sure everybody knows where you are located and how to call you and find you. Would you please share that information? Sure, so uh, our offices, we've got three offices here in the Arklatex. Uh, we've got one in Texarkana, Texas. We're on Summerhill Road, 5124 Summerhill Road is the address there on the north side of I-30. Uh, we've also got one in DeQueen, Arkansas. Uh, that is at 307 East Collin Ray Drive here in DeQueen. Uh, and then our third location for our north stores here in the Arklatex uh, is in Hope, Arkansas, 1206 South Main Street uh, there in Hope. All right, we have another caller. Don, what is your question for us? Uh, good afternoon, thank you. Uh, can you, um, several months ago there was uh, reported on the news of, uh, I don't know, I have all the details, I want you to explain it to me about the hearing aids were going to become um, come down in price and more available. Uh, I think it was uh, some political um, 
uh, some politician got into it and made it to where it's available. Uh, can you speak to that, what, what exactly that is, and, and what are the products, and how does it compare to what y'all offer? Sure, absolutely. Thanks, Don. Um, so I think what you're referring to is the over-the-counter hearing aids that have become available, uh, self-prescribed hearing aids that have, have now been available, made available in places like Best Buy. Uh, we do have them in our facilities. We can order them. It is not tied to a direct audiogram. So it's more, it's really specified for mild to moderate hearing losses. Uh, you essentially make that hearing aid what you want it to be. You make it sound the way you want to. So it's really uh, perception based. Whereas the, the, the big difference would be with the digital hearing aid, it's directly tied to the hearing loss uh, that we test for. Uh, but the OTC hearing aids or devices, there's a couple different brands. I think Sony and Bose are doing them, but more or less it is self-prescribed uh, and tuned and adjusted based on your perception. There's really no tie to any kind of programming software that we do uh, for those. But, you know, there's a select few people that uh, I think can get benefit from them. So it gives them an option to kind of explore that uh, without moving into a full digital format if they're not ready for that. Okay, thank you. Uh, you and I have talked a little bit here around the aspect of hearing and relationships. I don't think people fully appreciate maybe the, the toll that not hearing well can take on your ability to interact with others. Can you tell me about what you have seen in your work, perhaps a, a named individual, and how the ability to hear and, and interact better with a spouse or others has really changed and enhanced that person's life? The, those are the, the beautiful days. I, I don't think that, that everybody walking into our facility and into our clinics is, is jumping for joy. I, I, again, it's something that's, you know, we've got this negative uh, opinion about possibly, and maybe they're not wanting to do it. Uh, seeing the smiles and the tears uh, of, of people that have been uh, fit with a correct product for them talking about the joy that they do have and that they're able to enjoy uh, their family and their friends more and they want to do these things. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's a little cherry on the top. We, we know we're doing good work. That's what we're here for. Obviously, you got to be ready to do it. Uh, but being able to get those smiles and those hugs and those tears here and there, happy tears, of course, uh, is really what it's all about. Um, you know, it's just thinking about it, getting the exposure out there and letting people know that there is an option. There is something to explore uh, that, you know, that they may not think about or that they have a negative opinion about from, uh, from years past. So when, often when we're listening to something, it may be too loud, but most of us don't have a sense for what too loud is. What is that? You know, we don't go around with something measuring decibels or, you know, how, what do you tell people who are wanting to take care of their hearing and make good choices about 
uh, how to decide whether something is, is loud to the point it may be dangerous? I think, you know, having some frame of reference is, is a big part of it. Um, obviously, it goes without saying, if, it, if it's loud enough to make your ears hurt, you have physical pain from that, that's something you want to steer away from. Uh, I myself have, they have earplugs on me all the time, the little foam ones, the disposable ones. I find myself using them at, if I go to a concert or to a music event, I find myself using them there. It's just you get things that are so loud and you don't really realize it at the time. Uh, I think everybody's been around a lawnmower, right? Everybody's heard a lawnmower. Thinking about that sound when you're standing next to a lawnmower is roughly 90 decibels. Okay, that's very, that's a great frame of reference. All right, we have time for one last caller. Heidi, what's your question? Oh, okay, so Heidi's not on it actually. Uh, all right, so one more time, where are you located? How do people call you, find you? And what all uh, services do you provide? So we're in Texarkana, Texas on Summerhill Road. We're in Dequeen, Arkansas. Uh, on East Collin Ray, and we're in Hope, Arkansas, uh, on South Main Street. Uh, the easiest number to call, uh, our toll-free number would be 188, or I'm sorry, 888-654-5330. Uh, we offer the full gambit of, uh, of auditory services. Uh, we're gonna do the room and management, wax removal if needed, full audiological battery, recommendation, fitting, uh, adjusting, repairs. Uh, so really everything that pertains to, to hearing aids, uh, we've got a one-stop shop where we can do that in all those locations and, and look to improve your hearing health and improve your quality of life as well. Yeah, if there's a final closing message, it's this is about quality of life. Thank you for joining us and thank 100%. you for joining us for Healthline 3. Have a good day.